Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Good afternoon in Oklahoma. Good evening in London. London's calling. I was watching. So, so yes, I got uh, the the uh, the shot, the booster shot, and um, on Friday morning, because I'm kid free. Holy moly! That thing knocked me out. Um, I originally got the Johnson and Johnson. And that made me really like nauseous. And um, then I got, I guess, the Modina or Modina, I don't know, uh, booster. And man, that thing got me like, I had the chills and couldn't get warm, couldn't get cold. It was crazy. So I'm just kind of bouncing back from the, uh, from the, From the booster shop blues, I guess. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, it's crazy here. My um, daughter, uh, Minnie, uh, her school's just, sh- her daycare just shut down for 10 days because of COVID. And uh, I don't know how we're all doing this, you know? How are we doing this? Um, I know in the beginning of the, the the whole COVID thing, I was thinking like, everybody got to feel, I was like, oh, I, this is how I feel all the time, crazy, you know, but now it's like extra crazy. Um, So yeah, there we go. Well, I like to see you guys all greeting each other on the, uh, on the messages there. Um, it's like Sunday morning, turn to your neighbor and say hello. Um, <laughs> good morning, good morning. Turn to the person next to you. I'd always, like, whenever they would say that, I'd be sitting there, and people would always look, Jay, good morning, Jay, you know, at church. <laughs> good morning. Um, they'd be like, <laughs> one day I'll pastor a church so I never have to say good morning to anyone ever else. I don't ever have to greet my neighbor ever again. Um, and then, you know, you always get the one person who's like, I'm going to go hug Jay. Um, but thank you for passing the peace this morning, everyone. Um, so we're hitting Galatians. So we have got, uh, Galatians going on. Um, and this is the big one for me. If, uh, if I somehow won the lottery or something, um, I would still do Galatians. I would you know what I would do if I won the lottery? I would just fly around and speak on Galatians. And I would, I would like to write a book on Galatians. My last book used like the skeletal, skeletal structure of Galatians. Um, but I would love to just write a book on Galatians. Uh, so if you guys know any, um, book companies out there who want to give me a two book deal, so I've got another idea for another book. Maybe three, actually. Let me know. Um, also working on some really cool stuff this year with uh, Mr. Rollins. But anyhow, we're on Galatians. And so I've been thinking a lot about Galatians, as I do. And um, usually when you start the series is when you kind of go into the deep dive of the history and things like that. But... I think around maybe Galatians 4, maybe 3 or 4, we go through a lot of history, and I think we're going to try to hit some of the history there, and and that's on purpose. Um, This is, uh, to me, this is Paul's, the Apostles, like, pet sounds, you know? I mean, like, this is, like, Paul's best work Um, for you 70s kids, like, Akatun Baby. 
<laughs> um, so let's let's talk about a little bit why Galatians, why the book of Galatians is important today. You know, um, there's a lot of books in the Bible and a lot of things like that that are are seen as timeless. Um, and Galatians, for me, always seems to be timely. Like, it always seems to to not just be timeless, but almost timely. Like, it, it, it does this evolution of... Uh, this evolution... with us it grows with us it is there with us and it's really to me um really a marvelous book and i really do believe it's paul's best writings um i i you know the book that inspired the reformation um the book that inspired me to stay in the church and to to do this what i do now and continue to do this work you know, and it's always driven me. I think it is the de defiant book on grace. It's the definite book. I mean, it's, it just defines, for me, it defines grace. Um, why is it important in, 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 in the year 2022? <laughs> More than ever. Um, sounds such a cliche thing to say, but... Oh, it's more important than ever. But it really continues to, to, to stretch us, to help us grow. And what Galatians does, and I hope with this, this, this series, this, 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 this part, what, I don't know how many times I've done the series, but is something that will continue to challenge us and grow um, and, and get us beyond our comfort zones and get us beyond ourselves. I believe that book, this book does that. Um, because if you think about it right now, we have, you know, in the States, and I even think probably outside of the States, we have divided nations, divided countries, divided communities. Um, we've, we've politicized an epidemic, you know, like, um, which is, which is really wild. So, you know, and, and now we get all this different information depending on what news channel you watch or what, you know, who you subscribe to or who you listen to. Um, and so we're very divided. Um, divided with COVID, divided with politics, divided with wealth. Um, you know, the gap between poor and rich just continues to get bigger. Um, and, and Galatians is about a divided community really at the brink of war. And I think if we take seriously everything that's going on uh, right now, it's like we, I feel sometimes we could be on the brink of a civil war, um, especially with some of the research I've, I've done on uh, places, you know, Belfast, which is like my home away from home. And things like that. And, and so it makes me nervous. But when I look at Galatians, I see Paul is, you know, like this voice in the wilderness. You know, this crazy letter that he's writing. And it has so many different, it's not a long letter. And here you have this short letter to this broken, divided community um, that is not only trying to bring the community together, but he's also trying to prove himself. And he's trying to prove himself uh, to his own community. Because what you have is you have Jewish Christians uh, who were called Judaizers at the time. And the Gauls, you know, um, which are seen as Gentiles, non-Jews. Um, and they're both holding on to their life identity, their identities as communities, their identities as human beings, uh, what they're known for what they've believed their whole life. This is not something to be taken lightly, folks. You know, this is, this is, you know, I think we look at it and go like, oh, well, you know, they're just having to kind of deal with their religious belief system. But I mean, look at how we deal, that, we deal with that in this country or how all over the world, how we deal with difference of religious beliefs. Unfortunately, it usually ends in war. 
And these also, you have a situation, and it reminds me, especially in, I mean, it's been forever, but uh, especially when things kind of hit the head in the late 90s, early 2000s with the LGBTQ community um, in the church. Um, you know, you have this group of people who want to be Christians, who want to be a part of the church, who want to be a part of this religion, wanting to be there. And then you have the kind of gatekeepers going like, well, you have to do A, B, or C, or you have to give up this, or you have to practice this. And they're going like, but how does that Christianity? And they're going, well, Christianity is a part of Judaism. So you have these people who are deeply embedded in their belief system. And it's not just their belief system, but it is literally their identity. It is literally who they are. It is their, their race. You know, for, for, for the Judaizers, it's not just about identity. As much, I mean, they're the chosen people, you know, and they're going like, how are we going to let these people who are, you know, they're not supposed to be chosen. I mean, you really have people who are being forced to stretch outside of all their comfort zones and being asked to put their identities, who they are, to put those down for a side and listen to reason. And now you have Paul, who was a Pharisee, this, 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 a Jewish Pharisee who was really well-respected amongst his own folks, coming back in to say, okay, let me prove to you that I'm not only just really how, what a great Pharisee is, but now he's having to prove to himself, prove to everyone what a good Christian he is, that he actually follows Christ and that he's actually hearing from Christ and that he's actually called by Christ. So you have like a very familiar situation that we all see constantly of like, he's trying to prove, well, I'm a real Christian. But the cool thing that is happening here with Paul is, as he's not going, um, I see someone just asked a question, or what are Judaizers, uh, Jewish Christians um, in, 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 Gaul, in Galatia, in Gaul, living with the Gauls, um, who believe that Christianity and Judaism are, are like this, and, but they also still believe that you have to practice particular aspects of the law, um, particularly circumcision and uh, food sacrifice to idols um, and, and certain holidays and they feel like this is a vital thing. And you've got the Gauls, who, interestingly enough, are dealing with body things as well because they're warriors. They're known as a warrior culture, a warrior group. And these are people who literally go to war with a shield and a sword and are naked. Like, if you see naked battle statues from 2,000 years ago, it likely is they're connected to the Gauls. Really interesting. Um, so for them, circumcision and all this is, represents something completely different. So we, we really have a group of people who are completely divided, who want to have the, share the same faith, but they're both arguing of like against each other. Uh, they're fighting each other. And you have Paul who's having to come in and prove not only his Jewishness, but also his Christianness, his Christianity. You know, he's having to prove himself worthy. And I don't know how many of us probably grew up in that type of Christianity where you kind of felt like you constantly had to prove yourself to be worthy. And... But here you have the, 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 this leader who helped start this community writing this letter, coming in to say, don't you remember who I am? Don't you remember what I'm doing? Because to some of them, it's important that Paul's hearing from Christ because Paul's left, and now they're going like, well, he doesn't really know what's going on. He wasn't really one of the 12. So there's a group saying, you know, maybe we should just kind of cancel Paul out. You know, you know, he's not really one of our leaders. He's not really an apostle. You know, he wasn't a disciple, you know, that walked with Jesus. So, so you have all this going on. So, I mean, think about everything that's going on in our world, the divide community, how people think, 
you know, you're not a Christian if you do this, you're not this or that, or if you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated, you're not this or that. If you're not this political party, you're not that political party. And how much we end up putting those things to our identity, how much we end up identifying with those things. Well, well, I'm this type of Christian. So what you have is a group saying, well, we're Jewish Christians. And then you have another group just saying, well, we're just, we're just Christians. We, we, we don't have Judaism. So this is just Christianity to us. And so you have these two groups coming together and they're very divided. They're going after one another to the point where Paul is worried that this whole community is going to be devoured and destroyed um, by each other, by, by these disagreements. And so you have Paul coming in and doing something that what we talk about at Revolution a lot is asking these folks to disagree well. Um, and another thing that I think we have to look at before we, we get into this, this book is um, I, I like Peter Rollins' radical theology because it always takes a step back. It always looks at a bigger. It looks at this like it looks at things in a radical, different way, a new, unique perspective. And then I like to think about Hegel and 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 and, and things like that, and Tillich and things like that. I mean, I really think what Paul is trying to do it could, could be very reminiscent of what uh, Dr. King was doing with the Poor People's Campaign. Um, you know, trying to build a community of people who are being and trying to say, you guys got to see past certain things with each other. You have to see past these things in order to work together. Um, so we also have to look at words like compromise, and we also have to look at other words like, um, someone just asked who Hegel is. Hegel is a philosopher, um, very old philosopher. Um, I'm try I don't remember what century he was from, but... Um, I can get that for you. Um, but so, so we have to look at words like contradiction and um, and almost like that, that is a different way to, to look at that and not a bad way. You know, um, and, and, and compromise and not such a negative way. Um, German theologian Hegel. Um, he was Lutheran, uh, probably 200 years ago, I think. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to out think that out loud. Um, so this is, this is, this is, this is what's going on here is, is, is you've got these different ways of thinking that Paul's bringing to them saying, Hey, listen, I want you guys to think Differently, but I also want you to see things like, like these these contradictions is not the end all of end. You know, I, I, I'm wanting you not to see compromise as a bad word. And I feel like as in this time and age that those are two words that we see as, as horrible words. Um, I had a little necklace made that says contradiction on it um, because I've really learned that sometimes two two things that don't agree with each other, sometimes bring together a higher truth. Um, and, I, and I've learned that through reading philosophy. Um, but I've also learned that through dialectic behavioral therapy. He was born, yes, 1770, thank you. Um, 17, and he died 1831. So Hegel was born in 1770, died in 1831, there you go. Um, I knew I, I thought I had it there. My dyslexia makes numbers and dates and all this stuff just go um, so you have to forgive me. My, my learning disabilities sometimes get the best of me. Um, but what he says is what's important for me. Um, but so here we go. We've got the, these different ideas, these different concepts, this huge group with, within dividing, divided against each other. And, and, and Paul is trying to bring peace through them realizing who they are and who they're supposed to be. Um, can Paul help them, these folks, find common ground to keep them from canceling each other out or worse? And so that's kind of where we're going in with, the, with, 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 the, with, with Galatians. 
So we're going to start with Galatians 1 and try to get through that. Um, I don't want to keep you guys here all day. But I felt like that opening and just kind of a little bit of an introduction is a good place. Um, I will hit you with some dates and different things like that and some customs down the road. But I, I think it's more powerful if we do it probably around Galatians. Probably around Galatians 3, to be honest with you. And some of you already know what I'm referring to if you've gone to these intended one of my Galatians uh, series um, series on Galatians before. Um, but let's get into it, kind of reflect and look at it. What is Paul doing? What's going on? So we've got all this stuff going on. Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authority, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the members of God's family who are with me, to the church of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom gives himself for our sins and sets us free from this present evil age, according to the will of God the Father, to whom the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you notice, automatically, Paul is saying, is saying, I don't come from human authority. Um, because that is, he's, who's ever reporting back to Paul or writing Paul is basically saying like, listen, they're doing everything they can to discount you, um, because they want to keep, they feel like the Gauls in order to be real Christians have to keep Jewish tradition. And for the folks who are the Judaizer folks are I mean, you can't blame them because they've grown up their whole life Jewish, waiting for the Messiah. The Messiah comes. You know, for them, it's not a new religion. To them, it's just the Messiah has come. So for them, they're just going, well, this is just a continuous of our, our faith. You know, and, and I think it was very hard when, when, when Jesus would say stuff like, you've heard it said about the law, and then said, but I say, and he would change the law. You know, th this is very hard stuff to deal with. Do you think if if if... Let's, for argument's sake, uh, get really crazy and say Jesus came back. And came back and started saying, oh, well, you've heard it said that, you know, um, do this or this. Well, I say don't do this, you know, and changed things in the Bible and disagreed with the Bible. I mean, I get you there's Christians who would be like, oh, nope, sorry, Jesus, you're misguided, you know. Because honestly, Bibolatry is one of the biggest things I see. Like, but Jesus, buddy, if you don't add up with this, man, we're going to have to... You know, even Jesus was deceived. I mean, I really think that that's how some people work. Um, and two, because, you know, if you spent your whole life following these regulations and these rules and they become such a part of you and so important to you and so developed in your image and your understanding of what God is, all of a sudden it's going like, wait, that, what, this doesn't make sense. You know, wait, I've done this my whole life. So what I'm trying to do is build a little empathy, a little sympathy for both sides. Because then you have this other guy, well, wait a second, we don't, we don't, we don't have that part of your faith. We just want, you know, we're, we're looking at Christianity as, as something new and great. And of course, Paul messes the whole thing up by saying, you know, Gentiles can be Christians too. This isn't just a Jewish religion. This is a faith for all people. So you have very huge reformation happening here. Um, so that's why Paul's trying to say, well, this is where I come from. Uh, Galatians uh, 1.6 says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, because I'm sure that's what, they, you know, what people are arguing is that this is another, you know, I think what's happening is they're saying the Judaizers are practicing another gospel. And I, and I think... The, the Gauls are saying, you know, you know, and they're saying about the Gauls, the Gauls are doing another gospel. They're both probably arguing who's, who's doing another gospel. So Paul's greeting and then right into it. I'm shocked. What are you doing? What the hell's going on here? Um, so he goes, I'm astonished that you and Grace Christ and the truth is a different God, that you're following a different gospel. 
that there is not that there is another gospel, but there are some who confuse you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what proclaimed for you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims you a gospel contrary to do what is received, let that one be accursed. Now, I, 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 accursed, the due penalty, the, you know, anyway, we, we can get into that a little bit more in a minute. But let's, let's look at 10. Because this is, this is Paul, goes right into it. He, he confronts the issue, and then he automatically goes and, 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 and confronts, he goes, you're doing another gospel, and then he defends himself again. Am I now speaking human approval or God's approval, or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So that's what's happening also is, and I love this, and this verse has always really been, meant a lot to me. Um, 119 is, is, I mean, 110 is because Paul is saying like, you guys are, because he's being accused of people pleasing. You know, he's saying you're trying to, you're trying to, and you'll see this sometimes even with him and James and their falls outs and, and different books when they, some people say this and they, some people say Paul's teaching this and they try to correct Paul. It's very interesting to see the, like the inter squabbles in the Bible, um, you know. And so what Paul is being accused of because his, the message of grace for him is such a powerful thing and such a huge uh, radical shift um, he's, people are saying you're trying to please people. You're trying to be a people pleaser. You're trying to tickle their ears. And for me, um, I, I like that uh, Thomas just asked, could Paul have done a little bit more personal grace? I don't know if Paul could have or not. But I think what Paul's trying to, if Paul could have shown more grace or not with this, is because he goes in and he delivers a book that's so clearly a message of grace, and honestly, I don't think there's a better book in the Bible that explains grace, that I think he shows us the humanity that sometimes, and it's a short letter, and it shows, I think, to him, I think it shows to the community how passionate and how worried he truly is about the community. I think he's really trying to, to explain to the community, like, I'm afraid. And as we go deeper into the letter, you realize what he's afraid of. And he's not saying I'm necessarily afraid of myself. What I'm afraid of is that you guys are going to destroy one another. And so he's about to say some really radical stuff. And it might be, too, that when the folks are reading this letter, that Paul, in some ways, is becoming a common, like, oh, ooh. You know, they're all feeling a little bit by Paul. It could be something that brings them together as a community going like, well, yeah, that letter was a little, was he talking to you? Was he talking, was he, was he talking about the gulp? Was he talking about, you know, it could have been that type of thing. I don't know. Um, but Paul could be quite the roller coaster. If you read a lot of his writings, you know, all of a sudden you think, oh, phew, yeah, no, there's no grace at all. You know, and like, you're right. And he's pulling it all. He's pulling the rug out from under our feet. He tricked us and then boom, right back into grace, you know. So Paul can be a bit of a roller coaster. And interesting enough, he may have had a learning disability or a sight problem. Uh, most of his letters were dictated. So I always picture Paul, we have a, on our ad, we had a picture of Paul writing, but I always picture Paul like pacing in a room. My buddy Pete always paces in a room in his shoes and he's like, click, 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 click. When I'm on the phone, I'm like, dude, are you training horses or something? And I always just see like Paul pacing in a room, no, 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 hold on, scratch it out, this, 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 you know, like, and, you know, because when he gets really intense, he'll, he'll, he'll go and write in his own handwriting, um, but what I love about grace is just, is that, like, grace is the reality of accepting yourself where you're at, it's not accepting yourself as that you can be better, it's accepting yourself even when you're not feeling good, 
It's accepting you are accepted even when others find you unacceptable and even if you find yourself unacceptable. Um, so in some ways, it's almost like the trick that Paul pulls in Romans when he's like, um, you know, the big Romans one where everybody's like, oh, anti-gay and that is this and this and goes, oh, and you say what, hor and then in Romans two, he's like, what horrible people I'm speaking of. And then he just turns around and goes, and you're just as bad because you judge them. I mean, he just boop, flips it around. So all of a sudden, all these people are feeling horrible. And then he goes over and says, and all these people are feeling righteous. And then as soon as they hear it, you're just as bad. What? I'm just as bad because I judge them? Um, I like that Thomas says, to me, grace is the most pure expression of love. Yeah, but, you know, and, and I agree that that, that, that but I, sometimes love is, gets passionate. Sometimes love has to fight. Sometimes love has to argue when you never give up. Um, I, think, I think Dr. King was, was, was a fine example of pure love and pure grace. Um, but there were times where he said things that were harsh, you know, to, 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 you know, to a lot of Christians as well, to a lot of people he worked with, to a lot of uh, progressive Christians, you know. Um, he, he, he would call people out. And that's the thing is like, I also like the idea with the, the book of Paul, it's almost like a human being and you have to give the book grace like you do a person is you can't just go like, oh, I'm gonna look at Paul for what he's saying just here. It has to say, you know, look, let, let's finish the story. You know, uh, David Bazan used to have a song, and then the, one of the lyrics was, save your applause till the end of the show. You know, let's see who I really am at the end of the show. So let's get to the end of the show. Let's just get to the end of verse, uh, chapter one. But he goes, I like this part in 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to nail on it a little bit more. Am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, and so for me, in the early 2000s, when I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an ally, I'm affirming to my LGBTQ brothers and sisters, you know, and um, so many preachers were like, oh, you're tickling ears. You're tickling ears. You know, you're just trying to be a people pleaser. You're just trying to win the, you know, you're just trying to be, make the world happy. I'm like, well, that's great. Cause if I am, cause you guys all pulled out your support. So, uh, you know, I just had to take, let my whole staff go. So yeah, I really hope that my ears are tickling ears, making people happy. I'm like, no one was damn happy. You know, it wasn't like there was a, a, like a revival overnight and I just had a gigantic church because I was this happy, affirming Christian. Anybody who knows who's done this type of, done that type of work knows that that's not how to get rich quick by, by doing, you know, work with, with the marginalized. That's not the, you know, you kind of have to give a more of a happy, happy message rather than, hey, we're all gonna have to learn how to work together and figure this out. Um, but, you know, I've been approved of, of people pleasing myself, and it's just so crazy that people, what people think is people, you know, and it shows that when we, when, when, when someone disagrees with us, theologically, then they just go, well, now you've just made that up. And there's no room for disagreeing well. There's no room for finding if there's truth in that or even a higher truth in the two, thing, the two things that we're bringing together or arguing together. Um if there's something higher in the contradiction, a piece in the contradiction. <sighs> but even grace may be, be, you know, grace is such an amazing thing because I think it, it, it's not love, it, it's beyond love. And um, I think that would be a good talk. So if you remind me of that, I will do a talk and we will compare grace and love together, but you're gonna have to remind me. Um, here Paul says in 11, for I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed to me is not of human origin. For I, I did not receive it from human sources, nor was I thought, taught it, but I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I will tell you what, 
if you want to lose a theological argument, um, if you want to get laughed out of almost any church, tell them that you felt like God spoke to you. I one time just, I said it willy-nilly, not even thinking about it because I just grew up evangelical and people were like, well, what about, and I'm like, well, I just feel like God spoke to my heart. And I've never had so many people who have probably said that a million times turn and go, oh, so God uh, whispered in Jay's ear and now he's a special messenger. So if you think about this, <laughs> I'm sure Paul is dealing with that type of things constantly. Like, oh, so, you know, the 12 are okay, but, but God chose you and spoke to you. Why, why weren't you around when Jesus was here? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden they're like, you know, so if you ever say God, you heard from God, no one... No one respects that, but it's in the Bible, so it gets respect. Um, so we have to just deal with that. There you go. I, I love it because Paul is one to make very clear that God is no respecter of man. And, um, but we act as though God has special people who God communicates and lays things on their hearts and things like that. So anyway. Or maybe it's all bullshit. You know, you have to have all these contradictions. You have to hold these and look at these and think critically. Question these things. But for I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I did not receive it from the human source, nor it was the revelation of Christ, through Christ. You have heard no doubt of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. So Paul goes right into testimony time. And this is why Paul is such an interesting character. Is he goes, like, guys, you think your whole thing about, like, wanting them to be, to be circumcised is a big deal. When I was Jewish, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a Pharisee, when I was a, a teacher, I was killing them. I was having Christians killed. You know, I was having Christians' lives taken. I was watching them burn during parties because that happened. They'd be used to light parties. Hey, just in case you're thinking about converting to Christianity uh, at this party, here's a reason not to. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty disgusting, pretty sick, and I just don't think we realize that the suffering and the horrificness and the the horror and the humanity that was a part of this and that we separate Bibles, these, these things, are just story, good stories, just a good story. And we don't realize that there's actual history there, that these things, you know, took place. Whether it was the Son of God or not the Son of God is a whole nother argument. But this was a part of history. Um, for I want you to know, brothers, okay, we already did that. So you know, know about, I was violently persecuting the church of God. So here you have someone coming in going like, not only, you know, am I trying to say, hey guys, because right now what his part is probably the more, the Judaizers, the Jude Jewish Christians are saying, Paul, you can't let them get away with this stuff. And Paul's going like, hey, listen, I get it because I know where you come from. I, I wanted to destroy the whole church. I wanted, I, I wanted all Christians gone. I probably would have killed you as well. I mean, Paul's saying like, I was so fervent that I would have killed you. Not just them. I mean, I didn't want anybody in. And this is the change that Christ has had in my life has allowed me to not only love my neighbor as myself, but also love my enemy and realize that we're all included, that we're all one. And so this is revolutionary stuff happening. This is real. This is the real idea of Christianity, whether you think of it, it's sent by God or just a religion. But the fact is, is this is the message of the Christian, of the Christianity, of the church, is this acceptance. So there you go. So if you want to follow the Christian tradition, part of that tradition is realizing who we are as a community and what we're called to. It's so funny. I hate that I have the numbers up here because I literally just saw us drop like 10 people. <laughs> and they probably all had to go to the bathroom or go do something else or check their Instagram. I'm just saying, you know, it gets a little weird. I need to figure out a way to turn the numbers off so I don't look at that. I'm like, oh... They're mad at me. Um, 
I used to like always focus on one person when I would be talking and then like the person who looked like they disproved the most and then you talk to them afterwards and they're like, I just loved it. And you're like, oh, they were just intentionally, you just have, you know, resting like judgment face. That was fantastic. Um, anyway. I advanced in my Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was far more zealous for the tradition of my set that set me apart before I was born and pleased to reveal his son to me. But, 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 but do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, I was the best at what I did. I was the best at my religion. I was beyond most people my age. I mean, he's bragging about, I mean, and this is the interesting thing about Paul. So I, I really think what Paul's trying to do is say, listen, I've been there. I've been a part of this. You know? So I think it's tough to think about if people came out of the those of those opposite communities that we disagree with, and then that person comes over and is changed and now is a leader amongst our community, and then he's trying to communicate and bring in the other people from the community. You know I mean? Like, bring us all together. You're going like, ah, what is happening? Um, I mean, there are some people who believe that Paul came to destroy Christianity. Literally, like, Paul came to destroy Christianity. For I was far more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who had me set apart before I was born and was called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him amongst the Gentiles, I did not confer with any human beings, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me, the 12. But I went away at once into Arabia, and afterwards I returned to Damascus. Yeah, now we're all looking at the number. Where are you going? No, no, they're going up. They're going down. Um, sell, sell, sell. Bye, bye, bye. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, so what you have here is so interesting because it's like he's going like, yeah, you're right. I didn't go talk to the 12. I was an awesome Jewish teacher. I was one of the best. And I got converted. And Christ called me. And instead of going to talk to the 12, I went off on my own and I prayed some. I mean, could you imagine him trying to argue with theologians like this? And what I'm trying to argue here is that we've got to learn sometimes to think differently. The reason I do what I do and I don't have a church of 10,000 probably is because my mind works really different. It's not crazy, but it may be a little bit crazy. But my mind works, I put things together differently, I see things differently, and I explain things in a unique way. It probably comes from punk rock upbringing, uh, my parental upbringing, and my learning disabilities. So I learn in different ways. And I find it to be more artistic than like theological sometimes. Um, but it is all very, the foundation is, is, is very theological, I believe. And I, I would be glad to debate theologians anytime. Um, so he goes and goes, Then, after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. But I did not see any other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And those two do not, those two kind of had issues, James and Paul. Very interesting. But he's like, I, didn't, I went to see Cephas and I didn't see anybody else but James, you know? And he's like, oh, oh I'm going to reach the Gentiles, James. And James wasn't like the biggest fan of Gentiles. Um, so you kind of have this weird thing where Paul's just like, this is who I am. Uh, it's funny, my mom wrote this book called I Gotta Be Me. And I remember this Christian writer saying how unchristian he thought it was. And it was a guy who was like very progressive, which was really surprising to me how unchristian it would be to say you gotta be me because you have to die to yourself. Um, but I don't think he understood what dying to yourself meant or what being, getting to have to be who, true to who you are, it means either. When being true to who you are is loving other people. Um, so I went and saw Cephas and stayed with him for 15 days, but I did not see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. When I went into the region of Syria and Cilicia, 
I was still unknown by sight to the church of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard it said, the one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God before because of me. That must be interesting to walk into a group and um, and hear them talking about you. And not, well, I mean, interesting enough, yeah. I, you know, I kind of had that when I went to the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, <laughs> uh, premiere. Um, I was talking to some drag queens and they didn't realize who I was. And I was like, oh yeah, my mom used to have a dress like that. No, yeah, my mom had a hair like that. And they all thought I was giving them shit. They thought I was taking the piss. You know? And, and they were kind of mean to me, so I had to go back. Because I was like, oh, they're kind of snotty. And then I go, oh, they don't know who I am. And I had to go back to the drag queen and go, hey, when I met my mom, my mom is Tammy Faye. Like, it was a compliment. Like, I wasn't saying, like, I wasn't making fun of you, you know? Um, so it is interesting when you do get into a place where people don't know who you are, what you do. Um, or like when I, when I got to the, after the premiere party and I sat at a table and there was a group next to us discussing the movie and I'm not, but talking about my parents in a very positive way, I had to go over and go, Hey, you know, I'm their son. And if you want to talk about it, you can come over and talk to me. But if you're going to talk like this, you got to just move, being a little quieter, moving down or I can move, you know? Um, anyway, but this is really cool, and I think we're going to end on one to, on on Galatians one today. Keep this series chronological. Um, but the one who formerly so they're so they're and I, and I like how he goes. You know, when I when I was still unknown in in the church of Judea. You know, he he's saying like I was at the church of Judea, and they were really happy about my conversion. You know, he's still showing. Like, hey, okay, I didn't go straight to the apostles. You're right. But then what Paul does is that little turn he always does. He's kind of like Pete Rollins does sometimes, like the M. Night Shyamalan twist. But then he goes, but three three years later, I did go and see the disciples. You know, so he goes, but then I did. And so, um, because it's almost in a way where people are going like, oh, we got him. And then he goes, but then I didn't go, oh, we didn't get him, you know. Um, and he does have to say that he, I mean, he will eventually say, yeah, they gave me their approval to do this work. You know, if that's what really matters to you, yes, I do have that. But then he goes, but it's not really that big of a deal to me. I don't care. I would do this with them or without them, you know. But if rules and regulations are what's valuable to you here, I went through them. I did them. So are you happy? But I was so confident in my calling that these didn't matter. I mean, could you imagine some speaker, some pastor coming along and talking like that today? We wouldn't accept it. So we say we're people of faith, but really we're people of a book that we treat like a law book uh, or a science book uh, rather than a collection of letters put together. And probably don't make room for today's apostles uh, anymore. I'm sorry. I gotta just go back one thing. I'm gonna. Andre says I still say most likely not. I don't think Paul was about slamming people. I don't think Paul was about slamming people either. I actually don't even. You know, I believe the, the pastoral epistles were are forgeries, and that's important for me because those pastoral epistles undo all the work done here in Galatians, like really undo a lot of that work and set up a new uh, form of new structure of religion and law. It's like, oh, Paul changed his mind and became, you know, maybe I wasn't right about the neither Jew nor Gentile thing, male or female thing. So what we have here is an opening to our letter. And, and as much as Paul does, he takes us on this journey of this letter that, and, you know, here is, to me, the best letter written about grace is a rebuke letter to a community. So that's got to speak uh, to us. 
that grace is something else. That grace isn't just like, but grace is coming in and going like, listen, there's something not here. Grace is willing to sit down and have a hard talk. Grace is willing to write a hard letter. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's willing to say like, let's lay the cards on the table. But ultimately, let's show grace, but we have to lay the cards on the table. So grace isn't ignoring the situation. Grace isn't just going like, well, we'll just let them kill each other because God loves them. He'll figure it out. You know, it's not that. You know, grace is going in and going, I'm going to come in and be a peacemaker. I'm going to show you guys that you're all really accepted and that this is, but it's going to be tougher for you to accept that you're accepted. You know, I mean, he's going to tear down all the hierarchy and lowarchy of the system. And, um, but he does it through saying, but you have to, to accept this. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to your identity. And, you know, you're not going to get very popular if you, in 2022, if you go on uh, Facebook or, or uh, you know, Twitter or Instagram and tell people like, hey, we all, we're all one. You know, let's just deny, you know, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor, you know, slave or free, straight or gay or Republican or Democrat. We're just all one. You know, and people go, oh, but, you know, people fight against it. So this letter is not an easy letter um, because Paul tries to even the playing field and nobody wants to even the playing field. I don't think the, the, the Gauls are necessarily, you know, are going to get what they want. I don't think the Judaizers are necessarily going to get what they want. But Paul is asking for people to live in a community. He's saying, there are no identities in Christ. You can keep those things that are important to your identity, spoiler alert. But you can't put those on other people. So there you go. You know, it's like, it's, it's, that's, that's what we're going to get into. You know, we're going to get into some radical grace. <sighs> then I think the only way to allow these shifts to happen is by letting go, by accepting grace for yourself. And only then can you show grace to others in, 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 the, in that type of way. But it's very, very difficult to do. Um... I'm hoping like as, I, we, as we go through this series and let's this study that I'm going to come out a better person. I, I literally have some people in my life right now that I'm having a very hard time letting go. And for me, sometimes it's like I take in and think I'm bad. So, so, so like if people reject me, I sometimes try to rationalize it as that I'm a bad person. So then I have to give myself grace. You know, it's like this constant grace. And then how do you give grace to people who don't want to communicate with you and don't want to talk to you? How do we do that? So I'm hoping that when we go through this together that I'm going to come out on the other side um, with uh, a transformative grace as well. Um, and I'm challenging myself to do that as well. So I, I hope you guys know that when we do this together, it's not me just like, I am the teacher and I know all. What I'm trying to do is, is think it through. So when I answer your, when I see your little questions, when I see little questions because they're little, not because you're little. But when I see the questions come up on the screen here, uh, and then I, sometimes I answer them right away, kind of, um, if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. Um, but it's because that's how my mind works. My mind is operating like, oh, does this add up to this? Does this just work with this? Does this work with this? And, and that's how my mind works when I'm in the midst of, of speaking and communicating. That's why I, I like doing the, the Q&A. Um, yeah, John, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> no, it's tough. It's tough to accept that you're accepted. I, I will once again recommend that if anybody really wants to understand grace in a really beautiful way, I will give you something that's not in the canon, that's not in the Bible, that was written, not in the Bible, that was written, I think in the 1950s, 40s, 50s, or 60s by Paul Tillich. Uh, I think it was the, probably the 50s. Uh, you are accepted. It's, it's a sermon that Paul Tillich gave. It's called You Are Accepted. 
It's in a book called Shaking the Foundations, but if you just Google Paul Tillich, you are accepted, that sermon comes up. It's not audio. Um, it's just written out. But I one time recorded it, um, but I think we lost the, record, the recording of it. But reading that, you are accepted by Paul Tillich, is amazing. And it really helps you realize what grace truly is. And so if you want to really, one of the, what I think is best writings on grace, and maybe even gives Galatians a run for its money, um, is Paul Tillich's sermon, You Are Accepted. Um, it, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal book on grace. And I think uh, that's going to be my homework for you. If you want to continue in on this, this study with me, go read You Are Accepted by Paul Tillich. I think it will help you Get, go through this book in a different way because I think that's what Paul's trying to help his community do. You know, again, remember he had a relationship with this community. He knew the leaders in this community. He knew a lot of the people in this community. This community had, had, had helped him in a, in a dark time as well. Um, so he's not just randomly writing letters that he hears about communities. You know, this was a community he was a part of. Um, but he really is trying to say, like, guys, we're, we're getting away from grace when we do all this this infighting, you know. Yes, Paul's letters were written closer to the resurrection, um, Thomas says, uh, than any other books before the Gospels were recorded. Yeah, I mean, they, some, most philosophy, theologians would say, tell you that Galatians is the earliest book we have to Jesus' life, earlier than any Gospels. So I think it's interesting, and, and, and if you're in linear, is important to you, I think it's important to look at that. Um, so that's beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. I thought about it last night when I was thinking about this, and I didn't even bring it up. So thanks, Thomas. You're, very, you're my very good partner in crime up here today, helping me get this, this study out. Um, and that's how we do it. This is a community, and we work through it together. And I love that. I love it. Um, that's what I want in this community, and I love that part. This is a great part about revolution, man. It's, it's just, you guys are awesome, you know? You might not like each other if you started writing down what you believe about COVID or who you voted for, but even then you'd probably agree to disagree or, or disagree well, and I love that, because um, that's the goal of, of not just being, you know, diverse in our lifestyles or in our skin colors, things but also diverse diversity of our minds and our thoughts because that's how we grow in as a community and uh, we challenge each other's thoughts and we become we become better and not that that it's not about becoming better but we become stronger we have these conversations and maybe we revolutionize the world and help people live well and live in community in a way that they never saw possible. And I think that's what this is calling us to. So, I mean, the book of Galatians could be written today to the Church of the United States. You know, I mean, God, think about all the different denominations just trying to destroy each other. So, well, thanks for, for everybody for jumping in. Um, I've gone to 12 straight up, so I think we'll leave it at that. But we will hit Galatians 2 next week, hopefully, because um, they did cancel my daughter's school. Um, so I am going to have to find some babysitters and things like that so I can work a little bit more on this stuff because I'm going to be dadding uh, all next week unless, uh, <laughs> unless something miraculous happens. Um, so thank you, Reverend Thomas. <laughs> And I enjoy jumping back into Galatians next week with you guys. Love you so much. Um, tell your friends about this, please. If you, you see it on Instagram, re-Instagram it, retweet it, re-Facebook it, re-whatever, share it. Let people know. Let your friends know. And um, uh, all that good stuff. Someone asked why is school canceled. A uh, COVID outbreak in the daycare is what happened. Um, so, yeah. So, there you go, guys. Thank you so much. Love you all so much. This was a great day, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of this study. If it was me, we would just do this one over and over and over and over again. Um, and I, I do that just a trickier way. We're just using different verses, same message. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.